Genesis chapter 9 verse 1, And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. Genesis chapter 11 verse 4, And they said, Go to, let us build us a city, and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. You're listening to Preach the Word with Dean Carmichael, Jr. Welcome to Preach the Word with Brother Dean Carmichael of Greensboro. And now let's welcome our dear friend, Brother Dean. The title of the message this week is Let Us. Now we are here in Genesis chapter number 11 and we're talking about one of the four great events in the book of Genesis. This is the Tower of Babel. So who built the Tower of Babel? That is from the line of Ham and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But by way of introduction, what was the Tower of Babel? Tower of Babel uh, the, the name means confusion, uh, the gate of God, and it was a giant tower built by man. And the purpose of this tower was to be in open rebellion against God. Babel, the Tower of Babel, that is Babylon. The word Babylon means confusion. It's the capital of Babylonia near the Euphrates River. It's also known as Shinar and Chaldea. And Babylon was built by Nimrod after the flood. Bible says in Genesis chapter number 10, verse 8 through 10, And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Kalneh, and the land of Shinar. The name Nimrod is an increase, rebellious one. I want to quote here uh, Dr. John Phillips, having listed some of the notable names in Hamanic line, the narrative now centers on this notorious Nimrod. He is a shadowy but evidently a most powerful figure. His name is derived from Murad, which means to rebel. He seems to have been the prime mover behind the building of Babel. Nimrod took the sword of the magistrate, entrusted to Noah and his descendants, and converted it into the sword of the conqueror. He became the world's first imperialist and empire builder. From the amount of space devoted to him in the Hamanic line, that's the line of Ham, it is likely that he is one of the giants of the post-Diluvian world. His wife's name is not given in scripture, but from the secular sources, we father that she was the infamous Semiramis. We gather that she was. That's the woman who first introduced idolatry on the earth and who made Babylon the eternal home of the mysteries. That's quoting Dr. John Phillips there. So this man Nimrod, he's notorious. Um, he's building Babylon, of the city, a city which is from the line of Ham. We talked about this last week about how Ham mainly populated Africa there. The city of Babylon has always been associated with sin and rebellion against God. Understand that. The city of Babylon has always been associated with sin and rebellion against God. 
the nation of Babylon. God used it to judge the Jews. We know the story of the northern and southern kingdoms there. There's the divided kingdom. How the northern kingdom did not have one godly king, but they would eventually be taken captive by the Assyrians. Well, you have the southern kingdom. Judah, tribe of Benjamin there. They would end up being held captive by this Babylonian nation due to their disobedience, due to their rebellion against God. God would judge them and he would let King Nebuchadnezzar carry them away captive, destroy the walls of Jerusalem, and they were held captive in Babylon for 70 years. And then after that, God would destroy it. Now, there will be another Babylon in the end times. This Babylon will be the personification of all evil and all rebellion of men throughout mankind's history. They will replace the word of God with human traditions. And this final Babylon will be destroyed by the Lord Jesus Christ. So, we're looking at the Tower of Babel here. And when did this happen? So, Genesis 1 through 11, there are four great events. And, and we've been going through a study of Genesis here. And you've probably been saying, Preacher, we're not getting anywhere. You know, this is episode 12 or 13, I think. And it's like, man, we, we're only in Genesis 11. Friends, chronologically speaking, we are halfway through the Bible. Literally halfway through the Bible. The first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis covers a period of about 2,000 years. God has already created the earth, destroyed it with the flood, after it was already populated, destroyed it with the flood, and now we're repopulating the earth. The first 11 chapters of Genesis, there are four great events, and we're on number four. The first great event, of course, is the creation. Then you have the fall of man, and you have the flood, and then you have the Tower of Babel. This is a man-made unity here. Okay, so you have the Tower of Babel, and what man is doing, they are, uh, they are trying to avoid being scattered abroad the earth as God commanded them. They're trying to promote unity. This is the, worst, uh, the, the world's first federation of nations. Babel typifies the end times of Babylon. You have a man-made unity. You have ambition and ingenuity. You have rebellion against God and His Word. Treasury tells us that this, this tower was 660 feet in length and in breadth. It was a form of a pyramid uh, which um, had eight square towers gradually decreasing in breadth. So it was like a pyramid. And it was so large that it allowed horses and carriages to pass one another. And we know that this tower would be utterly destroyed by God, leaving nothing but a pile of, of, of rubbish. So when we look here at Genesis chapter number 11, and I want to look at three things by way of introduction. Genesis chapter number 11, and uh, let's read verse number 1. Genesis chapter number 11. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. 
and they had brick for stone and slime, and they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach into the heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. First of all, by way of introduction, we see the resources of man. One language. One of the, the biggest barriers for man now, for mankind now, is the language barrier. Look at what we've been able to accomplish with the language barrier. Look at, you can eat a meal three, four thousand feet, five thousand feet in the air in an airplane. That's all by man. Okay, we've been able to accomplish many things. Imagine what mankind could have done, what we could have accomplished if we were all still of one language, all unified together, what we could have been able to accomplish. And that's what they're doing. That's the resources here. They were of one language. And they were trying to all, in open defiance of God, with rebellion in their hearts, come together, and they were going to use their resources, and they were going to make this a one-world empire. We see the resources of man. Number two, we see the rebellion of man. We read there in verse number two through four, uh, God commanded them to multiply and replenish the earth. Instead, they want to build a tower. Let us, let us build us a city and a tower. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 said, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now that let us there, that is referring to uh, the name God, uh, which is the Hebrew word Elohim, which is actually plural. Now there are not multiple gods. Uh, we believe in a, a monotheistic God that is one God, but there's three distinct personalities. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, one God, three distinct personalities. They were all present. They're, they're all eternal. Uh, there's one God. Um, he's always been. Um, and mankind here is saying, let us. They're in open rebellion. Let us go and build. The, the purpose of all this was not to reach heaven. The purpose of all this was to build a tower in open rebellion against, against God. And then, by way of introduction, we're introducing this here, the restriction of man. Genesis 11, verse 5 through 9. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. We see the restrictions of man. This is a miracle of tongues, what just happened here. Think about this. They were speaking and hearing, and all of a sudden, they couldn't understand each other. And then they follow God's word, and they scatter, and they go, and they, they do what they were uh, supposed to do. But there's another miracle of tongues in the Bible, and that's Pentecost. And I want to read here, I'm going to quote Dr. J. Vernon McGee, that was another great tongue movement, 
In that time we find that the gospel was preached in all the languages that were understood by the people there. This was not speaking in an unknown tongue that never was involved in the tongues movement to begin with. On the day of Pentecost, God is giving his answer to the Tower of Babel. God is saying, mankind, I have a gospel and a message for you, and I'm coming to you with the gospel in your own language. That's Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Salvation is not us going to God. Salvation is God coming to us. And the Bible has been translated in over 683 languages. The gospel is for all mankind. The title of the message last week, Red and Yellow, Black and White, that comes from the song, Red and Yellow, Black and White. They are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And God has made His word available uh, to all of mankind. So, man's rebellion against God led us. Three main points here uh, about man's open rebellion during the Tower of, of Babel. Number one, let's look at their supplies. Let's look at their supplies. This is referring to man's mortar. Um, Genesis 11, verse 1 through 3. We've already read those verses. Let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. Man built with brick, but God builds with stone. 1 Peter 2, verse 4 through 8. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, an holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And I'll stop right there. Mankind has been able to accomplish many things, but they cannot build a lasting kingdom. We can't do it. Everything that we build here is going to eventually pass away. Matthew 6 verse 19, Lay not up yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. I used to have a professor in college, my dear friend, uh, the late Dr. Van Moore, and he used to say, instead of the sweet by and by, we focus on the nasty now and now. And, and that is what is happening when Christians, when believers, get our eyes off God, and we focus on the here and now. Okay, We, we, we need to understand something. All of this is going to pass away. Okay, We need to lay our treasures not on this earth, but in heaven. Look to eternity. Um, let's, let's not use man's supplies. This, this brick. Let's not use that. Let's, let's let God build it. Let's let God build our home. Let's let God build our marriage. Let's let God build our ministry. Let's let... Uh, God take control. The, the church is built by Jesus Christ, on Jesus Christ, and for Jesus Christ. He said the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Let's hold him to his word. He's given us direct authority to preach the word of God, to take the whole word to the entire world. Let's hold him to that. Let, we, we have a foundation. He is our cornerstone. Man cannot cannot shake that. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. But instead, what man has tried to do, we have tried to build our own religion. We have tried to build our own nation apart from, from God. We have tried an open rebellion, and it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Man's supplies don't last. Let God build it. Amen? 
their supplies, man's mortar. Number two, their strategy. This is man's method. Genesis chapter 11, verse 4, um, at the first part of that, that verse there, it says, And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower. This is referring to the, the occult, the religion that man is trying to, to build. Um, the, I'm going to quote here again, Dr. John Phillips. Let me recommend um, Exploring Genesis from Dr. John Phillips. It's a phenomenal book. I'm quoting word by word here. The narrative tells of the method those first world federalists used to achieve their goal. They were to have a political unity symbolized by the city, and they were to have a religious unity symbolized by the tower. The expression, whose top may reach unto heaven, contains an ellipsis. The idea was not to build a tower so tall it would reach to heaven, but to build a tower topped by the heavens, that is, by the signs of the, of the zodiac. Astronomical and astrological data were to be associated with that tower. God was not in their thoughts at all. Stargazing and occultism were to be the features of their religious system. And that is Dr. John Phillips. Remember, this is a type of the final Babylon of the end times. The Antichrist, he's going to make use of false religion. He's going to set himself up as God. He will also have a world, a political system, uh, uh, his own economy. That word occult, what that means is, is witchcraft, is Satanism. Man is up to no good here in the scripture. Man is up to no good at all. One thing about Satanism we need to understand. Satanism is not about worshipping Satan. It's about worshipping yourself. It's about putting yourself up as God. What did what does Lucifer say in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 14? I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. What did, what did Samuel tell Saul when he rebelled from God? When he uh, refused to utterly destroy the Amalekites. What did Samuel tell Saul? For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Do you want to know what man's biggest problem is with the Bible? I'll tell you what it is. It's God's authority. Man wanted to be united with their own religion. They formed an occult. Be careful of this. Be aware of this. If it's not God's way, it's not of God, friend. If it rejects the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're in a religion that rejects Jesus Christ as Lord, you need to get out of that thing. Okay? That's not truth. That is false. That is in direct, open rebellion from God. We see not only man's supplies, man's mortar, Number two, we see their strategy. That's man's method. So we just talked about. Then we see their source. Man's motive. Let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad the face of the earth. This is their motive here. Their motive, they had themselves in mind. In defiance of God's will, let's glorify humanity and unify one another. Are we not trying to do that today. What does this world want? They want world peace. They want everyone to get along and accept each other, but they want to do it without God. That is exactly 
what they tried doing at the Tower of Babel. They tried uh, doing it their way. Today we are trying to have a man accept and love one another, but we're doing it apart from the Word of God. Think about it this way. We, if the church today, a lot of Christians today, we're showing our true colors. If we put the same amount of energy that we put into politics and Republican and Democrat and the old U.S. of A. and our Second Amendment rights and all, and, I, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I, I, I want those things. I agree with those things. However, the number one thing, the number one thing about uh, a Christian should be the Word of God. The only way this world is going to see joy and unity and peace is through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way. One nation under God. Let's say, okay, let's say we put God back in schools. Let's say we keep, we, we put the Ten Commandments back in the courtroom. Mankind still has a sin problem. You cannot be saved by having a nation under God. A, a person has to make that decision to follow Jesus Christ. The problem in our world is that the individual man is rejecting Jesus Christ. We need to come to repentance and the knowledge of the truth, and it's the Christian's job to go out and proclaim the truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see their source, their motives. Their motives was to glorify humanity and to unify each other. We can have world peace right now, but it won't be real peace. Did, did the Romans not do this? Did the Romans uh, not bring a false, forced peace for a certain time? It didn't work because man did that. Okay? It's very important. The only way we will have a global peace is through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's very important. Last of all, uh, we see their shortcoming. This is man's mistake. We, we talked about, first of all, their supply, which was man's mortar. Man tried to build it on their own. They used brick. Instead, they didn't, they didn't have God build it. They, they wanted to do it on their own. Number two, their strategy. That was man's method. They, they wanted their own religion. They wanted their own occult, their own political system. Then we see man's source. That's man's motives. Okay, Their source was to unify and glorify one another. But then we see their shortcoming. This is man's mistake. We read on there in Genesis 11, uh, verse 5, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. This is nothing more than a type of what's going to happen um, in the, the end times. So, Revelation 19, verse 11 through 15, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. What happened here in Genesis chapter number 11? They took God out of the picture and thought that they had rid themselves of him. Okay, We can openly defy God as a nation. We can openly defy God as a world, whatever it may be. But God has not changed. God has not moved. God is still on the throne. And Revelation 19 talks about uh, the day of the Lord. Friends, Jesus Christ is coming back. We can openly defy him all we want. We can take him away. We can, we, we can deceive folks. We can do whatever we want. But he's coming back one day. Until next time, may the Lord bless you. And uh, just pray that this message was a blessing to you. 
Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Thank you for listening to Preach the Word with Brother Dean Carmichael from Greensboro. You can email Brother Dean, preach the word 87 at Outlook.com. Preach the word 87 at Outlook.com. You also can follow our dear friend Brother Dean Carmichael on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Dean Carmichael Jr.